0: Welcome to Shore Solutions, the podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Mara Shore. I'm a partner in the medical practice management company, yes, Shore Solutions. Who's the other host, you may ask? Easy answer, that would be my father, our founding partner, Jay Shore. Together, we now have an amazing team and clients across the country. Listen as we chat, converse, strategize, and commiserate over life in the aesthetic medical industry. It's time for you to listen, learn, and be inspired as we help you kickstart your practice because who doesn't want a little more help? Welcome to Sure Solutions, the podcast. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Shore Solutions the podcast slash Shore Solutions the webinar. For this particular episode, and for those of you that are joining us live, thank you so much. We always love having folks live because that means that you're able to put things into the Q and A box, put things into the chat box as you have questions and as time allows at the end. And not only am I One of your hostesses, Mara Shore, one of the partners here at Shore Solutions. The other partner, of course, is our founding partner, Jay Shore. So Jay is here. He, again, is the founding partner here of Shore Solutions. And we have an incredibly special guest with us this time. We have incredible Sam, as people know him. But Sam Peake is the founder of Incredible Marketing And Sam has this incredible list of credentials behind him, um, not to... Just discount. But not only is he incredible, Sam, with some pretty incredible powers, but Sam is also marketing genius. Sam also has his JD. Therefore, Sam is a lawyer, not currently practicing because he focuses his time in the business right now. But we have had the incredible pleasure, no pun intended, of knowing and adoring Sam for probably almost a decade now. Sam, you're the one with the fantastic memory so would you say it's been since almost a decade at this point
1: yeah it actually has been i think even longer maybe it's 11 years at this point so it's really
2: sam Sam knew me when i had hair
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if it's been been that long i'm gonna be honest with you it might not have been that long but no (laughs)
2: It's it's been a
1: while, so you know, and and I think this is maybe my second go around with you guys. So anytime I get the opportunity to hang out, chat with you guys, normally we see each other face to face, but uh, this is this is awesome, and uh, we're going to be covering something I think is super relevant and important and interesting today, and might get a little spicy. So yeah, it's going to be a good time.
0: I'm here for the spice. Um, so (laughs) and. Yes. Mara, but
2: we, you know, we always have our banter, but before we get started, you introduced me as your business partner, but more importantly...
0: Oh, you're my pops. You're my dad. Jay is my father. Jay and I are also father-daughter team. So for those of you that haven't had the, the pleasure of doing a webinar or watching us present, you will also get a helpful dose of and healthy dose of banter along with this. So um, We are going to go ahead, though, for today's episode, and we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to talk about how to recession-proof your aesthetic practice and survive the upcoming storm. Sam, I'm going to yeah. ask you the first question, and we're going to kick this off, right? Why are yeah. we expecting a recession? <laughs> things have been great. Things have been bumpy, yeah. but... Well- jay and sam jay i'm gonna let sam go first and then i'm gonna let jay swoop on in let because otherwise jay will swoop right now so sam let's kick this off
2: if i come in sam who yeah exactly (laughs) we'll be 48 minutes into
1: it and it'll be (laughs) all over
2: and i was just here for the
1: good looks right right there we go
2: go ahead sam
1: (laughs) i mean at the end of the day you know i I I do talk about this a lot because I'm not trying to be one of those people that is running around and, you know, saying, you know, crying wolf and or trying to talk about the fact that the sky is falling. That's not something that I'm interested in doing, but I'm interested in math. And I love math. I I find just math to be beautiful. It is both art and science and, and, and everything. And when you really start looking into it, and when I started really digging into this, um, the answer is pretty clear, if if you really start looking into it. First off, it's cyclical, right? And we had this kind of weird micro recession that occurred, uh, if you look at what happened during COVID. And it lasted, I want to say for two months, I don't have it up, obviously, the, the charts and things like that, that I looked at. Um, but That was just a bump in the road to kind of what we are looking at, which happens every 7, 10, 12, 14, 16 years, depending on certain factors. And again, there are people out there that are a lot smarter than I am. um, And those economists and those uh, really... You know, those people that spend all day, every day, looking at the different factors that go into whether or not a recession, a downturn in our economy, whether there's uh, there's going to be problems ahead. Um, they all agree. Well, and we can't say that they all agree, but three out of four, super majority. It's kind of like, right. How many, how many dentists want you to use a certain type of toothbrush or mouthwash or whatever the case is? <laughs> one in ten, one one
0: in five, right?
1: Right, exactly. So this is, this is three and four, this is 75%. And they're all saying you have between 16 and 24 months. And it's very hard, I think for practices, especially, you know, I, I've worked in this very niche industry that we work in now for going on my 15th year and, you know, incredible started up during a recession and we are about to see the other side of it and I think that just one thing is absolutely clear. It is going to happen. We we see it. We see the economic markers. We see the factors. We see the downturn. It's very difficult because practices are busy. It's very difficult because you're booked out on the surgical side for four or five months past Christmas and beyond on the non-surgical side for six, eight, 12 weeks. And it, it, it's almost the last thing you want to start thinking of.
0: To clarify, do you mean the duration is going to be 16 to 24 months or- 16 to 24 months from now we will see an onset.
1: Yeah. So 16 to 24 months is when they say we will be in the actual recession. Now there will be gradual markers that take us that direction and things will start slowing down and there will be, it's a very slow moving tsunami, right? and the water starts to rise. It's never a 3000 foot wave like you see in you know, uh, any of the apocalyptic movies. At the end of the day, it is something that gradually comes, gradually happens. You're going to start to hear people get nervous and talk about it. You'll hear other webinars and other podcasts. You'll see other talks at conferences. You'll see the fact that Christmas will go and uh, come by, and all of a sudden, shopping has slowed down, and the interest rates are too high. And I joke about it with everyone else, even when I get on stage and I talk about this, I'm like, hey, "Who's buying a Pokeball these days for twenty-three dollars? It's wild." I mean, not <laughs> to mention trying to buy a house or, uh, you know, trying to hire someone. Um, there's so many indicators, and when you look at them and put them all together, uh, the the warning signs are all there.
0: Jay, I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well, because I think that, and, and I always love how Sam out, outlines the facts um, and just really, they're so systematically. And one of the, you, you outline them, you know, very frank and very systematically. And one of the things that I also love that I think speaks so true to you, Jay, is when Sam said about the beauty of of math and paying attention to alongside that, paying attention to current events and the patterns and things like that. And I know uh, Jay, that's obviously something you can appreciate. So Jay, do you want to speak a little bit to not just that, um, but you know, to think about with this recession, who will be affected, especially Jay, you've seen what the last recession uh in our, you know, in history and in in our industry. You were running a thriving practice during the last recession. So can we talk a little bit about what that looks like? Who do you see, Jay, being affected by the recession, knowing everything you know? And then what kind of pearls did you see the last time this happened?
2: Well, the one thing I've learned is never to disagree with anything that Sam has to say. All right. I've been there before. And and maybe
0: expand on it.
2: I would rather do that, Um, I have disagreed with what Sam has to say and it it becomes a bromance at that point, but let me share, I have been through a recession actually twice. Um, In my career, I mean my professional career honestly started in the 70s all right Um, with as we were talking about the doors all right, but having gone through that um, professionally, and then having run a very, very successful medical practice here in Fort Lauderdale with Durham and plastic surgery, we did go through the recession. And the one thing that I've always found is that people with money will always spend, they're going to spend on three things. They're going to spend on food. They're going to spend cause Sam asked who buys a $23 pokeball?" I raised my hand. People will spend money on food. People will spend money on travel slash entertainment. All right. And they'll spend money on luxury. They may cut down a little bit, but the people that have to live a more conservative lifestyle will cut back dramatically because it then becomes a preservation of capital versus spending. And I do that now. I used to be in a growth mode for, you know, in my investment techniques. And when the recession hit higher, and then the recession, I agree with Sam and uh, I'm looking and waiting for it. And I want to be prepared for it. I just want to maintain what we have and not necessarily grow as much because you can plan for growth. But unfortunately, the things that are beyond your control may come into play. And you don't always win. All right. With your planning. So you just have to be very conservative and look, who knew this minor reception, recession called the pandemic, what pandemic, whatever happened, nobody knew it. And before you knew it, it was happening and we never planned for it. It's like preparing for the unexpected. One of those lectures that I give everywhere. The problem with it, was that nobody planned ahead. So what we did is try to share with all of our clients, you have the time now in the downturn, plan what's going to happen when it comes back. And I urge each and every one of you, plan for it again. If it's going to happen, you're ahead of the game. If it's not going to happen, or if it doesn't, at least you planned for it. Now, people aren't going to like what I have to say. There will be a, another pandemic of sorts. Hopefully, it will not be as bad as the one we've gone through because nobody was prepared for it since the Spanish fly or Spanish flu and all this. All right. This was back in the early part of the century, all right, of the 20th century versus the 21st century. And we didn't think it would happen again. So it's just a matter of making a good plan like any business should do. And if you have to effectuate it, great. If you don't, at least you're prepared for it.
0: So I guess then let's, and Jay, there is, um, For the sake of describing it, I'm going to say there's a graphic that looks like a pyramid. If you could pop that up. What I really wanted to say is, Jay, the graphic that at the top, it looks like there's some poop on the top. Let's just be honest. It looks like the poop emoji. Um, Thank you to the incredible team who I assume created this account or this graphic. Yes, yes. So all it needs is like a smiling face and some eyes. So where I guess what I want to talk about too is that, and it almost, you know, we very much live by here in our home, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, and yep, we tend to yep. triage a lot. <laughs> Sam, we talk about this a lot um, yep. but when we think about Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, i.e. Your, your basic needs, your psychological needs, self-fulfillment, right? This is basically what this is only jay if you could pop that back up for a second what we really are looking at with this particular graphic is that at the bottom it says my botox in the middle of this pyramid it says my breast dog and at the top it says everything else i guess so for those of you that can't see this graphic what we're looking at too is when we think about it a little bit different right so when we think about it as non-surgical services at the base Next step is surgical services and the next step is everything else. So Sam, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, Sam and Jay or Jay, but can one of you talk a little bit about when we're thinking about who will be hit as far as in the aesthetic industry is your hypothesis that non-surgical practices will be hit less because that's more easily accessible um, versus surgical practices being hit a little harder. Uh, So I think Sam, if you could take that and Jay, if you Mm -hmm. could talk about, because your former practice had both surgical and non-surgical services. So if after Sam gives his hypothesis, you you could even talk about last time you had the recession, what you saw as far as that balance increase and decrease in surgical and non-surgical. So Sam, you go
1: first. Okay. Uh, great question, and I'm gonna answer it in a second. But I'm gonna circle back because I think okay. that, um, you know, it it I, I warned you, it was gonna get a little spicy here today, Did right? It. So one thing, first off, I completely agree with you, Jay. I think that, um, you know, when you look at what people's needs are, and and you know, here at Incredible, we are uh, professional meme makers. So obviously, you know, we had to throw throw that one in, which is which is a pretty funny one that that's making its way around around the internet. But that being said, there is a movable flow of income depending on the type of patient and what exactly it is that they're looking for. And I think either on the next slide or or maybe one you already passed, but it shows you when you're in a recession um the types of clients patients that you get through your practice the ones that are looking for tier 1 services which are your bare you know your kind of uh, entry level intro to the practice, you know, your, your Botoxes and your hydrofacials and, and things like that. And again, all the way tiered up all the way to tier five, which is if you're running a mixed practice, which is surgical, non-surgical at the very end, your tier five is going to be the really, really top end stuff, right? So the full, the full facelift, the mommy makeover, the, uh, the really high end, usually combination procedures that are at the top end of the of the price tier. And, you know, I I just wrote a a very detailed article on this and I went through kind of uh, analysis and even meta-analysis of other people's work post the last recession that we had in our medical industry. And what you find is that as that shows, as that chart shows that I put together, people move their money from the higher end tiers of procedures down to the lower end, right? So they're using it. And jokingly, we use that meme from Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs, and, and they're moving it down to the things that are actually what they consider to be more of a necessity versus that thing that is more of a luxury. But the other thing to really notice from this is that the new patients really stop coming into the practice. And what do I mean by that? Well, in a thriving good market, you have a lot of new people willing to try out a lot of new stuff and to be less risk averse, they are willing to try new practices and they're willing to go do new things and this that the other, typically in a recessive economy, in a downward turned economy, you are going to have patients that are not going to be interested in that. They're going to stick with the provider that they know can provide them services. They're going to be able to truly focus on um, the services that they know that are kind of a requirement or what it is that they're really kind of squirreling away, budgeting away, as opposed to those things that they may see as a luxury. Um, But contradictorily, as opposed to what you said, Jay, I disagree with the point that you said, some people have a plan, and then you can't control every variable. I 100% disagree with that. Uh, Some of the most successful practices that I've ever dealt with in my entire life from a marketing perspective and seeing how their business runs, this, that, and the other, were the practices that went into the last recession with a plan. Those that were aggressive, those that saw that as an opportunity to capitalize on the fact that Others were struggling. And this is not going to be a discussion today um, on this webinar and podcast about capitalism and um, its great um, or terrible effects on society, because that's not what we're here to discuss. But right. that being said, yeah, no, it, it, the <laughs> ones that were successful were the ones that planned for it, stuck to the plan, and got it done. And they were always successful. There wasn't a we'll plan and we'll see kind of situation. It was if you planned, if you did the things that you were supposed to do, if you stuck to the course, it was success. There, there's no variable for that. So
2: Actually, uh, my comment was they didn't have a plan going into it.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Okay.
2: And then what we tried to do is prepare them for the next one. That that was gotcha. the point I was trying to make.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because for me, if it's it, it is really all about planning, and the planning's the hardest part when you're busy. Right now, when you're busy and things are going and. You know, all different directions, and your nurse practitioner just quit because she got offered seven hundred thousand dollars by the place down the street to work two days a week for four hours each day. And you're like, I think I
0: you're you're experiencing the same hiring <laughs> salary requests that we're seeing with our practices and our clients, Sam. It's exactly. that sounds about right. Those sound like it, the same requests.
1: Exactly. And so mm-hmm. it's very difficult to think of that time that's you know, arguably more than 12 months away. Um, and, and it just it's not People will not think about this, unfortunately, until
2: it's too late. I have found that in that recessionary economy, Sam was spot on. The new people, Mm -hmm. you know, will slow down. And then naturally, the more expensive procedures, an elite few will, you know, will proceed with them. But there's always, I can get more for less or I can get more of the non-surgical procedures to get me by whether it's the the hair removals or the IPLs or the, the mini mommy makeovers and the Botox and the fillers until I can afford because a lot more is associated with the aggressive surgical treatment, which includes downtime. Whereas if I can do the lunchtime procedures, get back to work and not have to take time off. Now remember the people that are in the mid range who may not be as as financially uh, astute in an economy, a recessionary economy, may not have the financial means to be able to do that in a great market that we were in within the last year, not in the last seven or eight, nine months, but coming out of COVID for like a year afterwards, I, I wish I had literal cash to invest, but then I, when I did, I wasn't smart enough to get out, all right? That's called greed, by the way, all right? And we all suffer from that. When you have that, you'll be more than willing to try new things and spend more money and do more travel because you were cooped up And in a recession. And when a recession hits and you cut back, when we come out of the recession, everything will pick back up again. So to Sam's point, you've got to have that plan.
0: And, you know, one of the things right now, when we're, you know, I'm looking here and Sam, you'd had a slide um, about dates, right? So, and I know you had started talking about the 16 to 24 month, but we're also seeing that we, we predicted, um, you know, August of 2023 through April, 2024. Um, so Jay, if you go one more slide up, then that's where we have those dates there. So with that, I want to remind everybody that right now, that means that we're less than 10 months away, really, or we're now, we're about 10, 11 months out um, from, from hitting that. And so depending on when you hear the podcast version too, but what I want to remind everybody is that you should be working on your business plan or your, whether it's a business plan or a strategic plan for 2023 right now. So basically you need to think once you start getting to Q3, Q4 of 2023 come up with some, if this, then that examples and, and and really strategies and tactics of what it is that you need to be thinking about. Yes, we are going to take a slight break, a slight intermission, because what kind of business would we be if we didn't tell you about our own services? I want to take a minute and talk to you about the Converging Cascade course and all that it has to offer. We want you to be trained to acquire loyal patients and boost your revenue in your aesthetic practice. Now, with our Conversion Cascade online course, you and your team will be able to master two key things important to growing your aesthetic practice and becoming successful, acquiring patients and retaining new patients. So let's talk about a couple of things. As a step-by-step sales funnel training, the course is designed specifically to help you and your team attract more patients, convert more calls to consults, convert consults to treatments and procedures, and to keep your patients coming back for more. Not only will our Conversion Cascade course help to strengthen and develop your team's phone and sales skills in order to acquire, convert, and retain loyal patients, it will serve as a valuable onboarding training tool for every new team member that joins your practice. Yes, every new team member that joins your practice. Plus, in the course, you will receive downloadable marketing checklists, phone scripts, conversion tracking tools, and more. So sign up for the course to get started on increasing your revenue and acquiring and retaining new and existing patients. Yes, how to acquire and how to keep them coming back for more. It only takes approximately four hours to complete. You can finish it at your own pace and you'll have lifetime access. Yes, that is for the lifetime of the course. And a special thank you for being our podcast listener. We'll give you 20% off. Yes, 20% off. Just enter the discount code podcast. Yes, Podcast to start saving now. So click on the link in our show notes to sign up for the Conversion Cascade online course and start acquiring more patients now. Let's get into this. Let's start, Sam. Kick us off with step one when we talk about marketing yourself. But, Sam, if you could kick us off with step one.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I kind of have outlined what the primary five things someone should do to weather the storm, bulletproof your practice, whatever it is you want to, mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: essentially, whatever nomenclature, whatever whatever terms you want to use for that. Uh, and of course, this is the elephant in the room, because I'm a digital marketer, right? And, and obviously, the very, very first thing is market. And it sounds somewhat self-serving, and it sounds a little bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. But That being said, I'm not up here trying to say market with me. I'm not even telling you to market with Mara or market with Jay or whomever else. Whoever you have, that's fine. Just market yourself. If it's working, put that plan together. We'll talk about planning in a little bit, but you have to go about doing it. And the real reason that it comes down to at the end of the day is this stuff takes time, right? We're looking at you know uh, you want to redo your website and that's months you want to get optimization on your website that's going to take a long time we're looking at six to 12 months if you want to start going after stuff Uh, real marketing with strategy behind it and planning Um, It takes time for you to see the benefits of that. So not only is there the strategy time that needs to go into it, and then there's the setup time or the build time or or the development time, whatever it is from the marketing side. Then there's the testing and the AB side. Then there's the entire patient journey. Their patient journey can be anywhere from immediate, like, yes, I'm ready to pull the trigger to 12 months or more, right? I think there was some... Um, survey by ASPS to their plastic surgeons, and it said, what is the typical buying cycle for someone looking for a facelift? And I believe that the answer was somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 months. So you want facelift patients during a recession? Well, guess what? You better start on that today. And that, again, is not to say sky is falling, you have to do this or you will fail. I'm, I'm not trying to come at it from that angle. And just making people cognizant of the understanding, this takes time. This so, Sam, that's overnight. a great
2: point because everybody, your business, I know because we get the same questions when they want to, and I call it, not have a cost, but it's an investment. You have to invest in yourself. All right. It's not a cost because you, the cost is a no return. The investment is a return in yourself. It's very difficult because people will say to you, well, how will I measure my ROI's effectiveness with you? What KPIs am I going to use? However, the results, very closed ended question, the results of what I'm achieving today are the effects of the effort from when, all right? as to your point from what you just said you know naturally it was could be a year 18 months ago so they're going to expect to make that investment with us with you and 18 months is a long way to reap your investment in their mind not in our mind because we're realists all right so to that point you know how do you get that buy-in
1: that's a great question And it's about education and trying to undo some of the learned behavior that people have been taught over the years. Um, And it's just having reasonable expectations and explaining the whys and um, truly going, digging deeper and, and talking a little bit about education and why things happen. And there are levers you can pull to make things happen quicker, right? And the one thing that you can't change, though, is your patient. You cannot change how they make a decision and you cannot change the process that they need to go through. You can change things on your end. So you can change the things that, um, you know, maybe attracts people to your website faster or potentially you can work on something that gets you some more traction in social media posts and a little bit more virality and your ads, you can tweak those and do that. And you can change your funnel on your side but you cannot change the funnel of your prospective patient. And that patient is going to take as long as they are going to take to make a decision. And there are some things you can do to help with that, but you cannot control it. It is a variable, um, that unfortunately is out of your hands. Psychologically, One
2: thing I, yeah. how do we, no two patients are alike, right? The way I think and I buy could be gender. It could be age. It could be demographic, geographic. We don't all buy alike. So how do you market, before we get into telling a great story, how do we market to such a divorce culture when we're not all alike in our our spa, our buying and our spending habits?
1: I wanna answer that in, in in just precision and in detail in a second, but I know Mara had a point here and I want her <laughs> to make sure that she gets her Her words into because they're they're super important. So thank you. Turn it over to you first.
0: Thanks, Sam. I appreciate that. So with all of that, one thing that I want to make sure to to add on, Sam, to what you had been saying, which is that the patient is going psychologically. They need to go through that process, right? So I think that there's a couple things we want to make sure. Um, and we talk about this a lot when we work with our clients is number one, making sure to really pay attention to that patient, because as Jay said, that no patient, no, no two patients are exactly alike, but we know that often patients fall into certain, certain categories or certain buckets, right? So if you know that a patient is someone that needs a lot of information, if you've been doing this for, look at Sam's chart, five years, 10 years, 15 years, if you've just started, but you've been practicing you know what those frequently asked questions are. Make sure that you have the answers to give them because if you don't have answers to give to your your patients, everything from downtime before and after photos readily available of of recent work, uh, financing programs that are available to them if they have additional questions, Um, you know, to be able to talk to a member of your team, even about their particular results, things like that, that are just, those are the basics, but you'd be surprised how often patients um, or practices really forget the basics. So make sure that you have all that information. Also really pay attention to the type of patient and what their decision buying looks like. So if they are somebody that likes to have visuals, do they like to ask ask a lot of questions or do they want little? little snippets of information, and then they need to go back and and think about it. So if, you know, someone like Jay, Jay may need a lot of of information. Jay may need to give you a lot of information. He may have a lot of questions. Someone like me may say, you know what, I'm going to take this in, but then I need to go sit with it because this is less about the facts and more about my feelings, right? I need to think about my feelings about this. How am I going to feel with something like that? And so as Sam alluded to, you can't change that part. Um, it's giving your patients all the information, make sure that you, that your systems are in place and you have very, very smooth systems though, because if once you market that patient and you have that patient sitting in front of you, because they, they've thought about it for 18 months, Sam, like you said, but you don't have a strong follow-up system and you let them walk out the door and you don't know when you're ever going to speak with them again. Yep. And you don't have a system to follow back up, whether it's an electronic system or a manual system. You're That you, that patient waited 18 months and now okay. you're in a down, down economy. Let's, let's
1: put a pause on anyone and their manual systems. I mean, for God's sake, it's 2022 about to be 20. I get it.
0: I get it. I, we're still I, dealing
1: with manual systems, we oh, we have Sam, other issues. Oh, Sam, you'd be
0: surprised. I have, seen, I have seen paper chart practices, and I have seen, uh, we walked into an office, and they said, well, where is your follow-up list? And it was, oh, it's in my head. Where is your, you know, your will call list, so to speak, mm. and um, the, the cancellation Wild. wait list? It's yeah. in my head. We see Sometimes, it all the time.
1: We yeah. see it all the time. Yeah, but I'm, I'm
0: with Sam, though. I don't love it. Just because it exists yeah. doesn't mean I love it. That Sam practices,
2: hear me, a, knock it I, off. I actually went into a practice where they had the tear off receipt with the carbon paper on the back of it and it like on a, like a ledger. And I could not, I couldn't believe people still use that.
1: Okay. We're, we're getting into an example time. Um, I, I need to share this with you because it's highly relevant right now. Okay. Um, and this has nothing whatsoever to do with anything else we're talking oh, about. Oh,
0: Perfect. The time like of I, time he loves that. Yeah.
1: Isn't, isn't that wonderful? So everyone yes. buckle in because this is one of the greatest stories ever. Absolutely. One of our clients that we started working with, gosh, it's got to be probably about seven years ago when we first met them um and you know we started talking to him it was a surgeon they they did have a website which was awesome i mean it was you know 2015 at the time so the fact that they had a website we appreciated that that's great at least at least we're dealing with that and this is a cosmetic practice okay and we're not dealing with the traditional medical practice we're not dealing with someone who lives in a very small town or anything like that this is a major metropolis okay and on the website it was one page If you are interested in any of our services, please send us a letter with a self-addressed stamped envelope with your intent and the dates and your contact information and someone will respond to you within 30 days. I swear to God. Jay, I'm not going to
0: say that we need to do that for our contact page, but you know what? Denise, our project manager, Denise, if you're listening, let's just scrap the whole website and let's just institute that. <laughs> yeah, I
1: let's just go with that. I, I, I think- We're going to bring
0: work-life balance back, guys. There we go.
1: I think when we're looking at patients and you know making sure that you have what it is that they need, yes, the content is super important. And it's, you know, very important that the people who are putting the content out there, typically it's doctors, sometimes it's the practice managers or the staff or whomever, you know, and sometimes they hire an agency like ours and say, put the content together. But what most people don't understand is that people digest content differently and the one person that is the primary point of contact is going to want to filter content through the lens that they are most comfortable with. So someone who might be very textual for example, I spent a thousand years in law school and read countless pages and um, you know all these court cases and this and that. I digest things textually. That's the way I process things. I would imagine Jay is similar. I have found that most physicians and most surgeons are the same way because they've lived their life in textbooks. Yet I found other people, and obviously all the research bears this out, that they're interested in digesting stuff visually. And maybe that visual stuff is a breakup in content. Maybe it's video processing. There are different forms of content for a reason, and they are equally as effective for the demographics that you are trying to go after. And if you don't understand that, you're going to miss a third, half, two thirds, 80% of your potential, um, the people that are coming to your site, simply because you're not going after them. And then this is actually to uh, Jay's point, which he talked about, which is defining and understanding kind of your target audience, understanding at the end of the day, the people that are going to be the right patient. And he says, you know, how do you go after them when people have so many different ways in which they decide? And, And essentially, from a marketing perspective, we call that patient personas. And every practice has multiple you have someone who comes in who's your standard Botox patient. You have someone who's from this generation, that generation, um, this background, that background, et cetera. And you can break that up very specifically, or you can do that very broadly, very generally. Um, and my answer to you when your question was, you know, how do you go after all of them? The answer is you don't. And in a recessive and downturn economy, especially, That is the one thing you need to tie up. You cannot go after every single type of fish in the sea. We love using that analogy. That analogy is used all the time when we talk about patients, but you can't. You don't have the resources and they're just not out there. Uh, You have to understand the patient that is going to be the best patient for your practice during the recession and be aggressive about going after them right now. If you go after them right now, even if it's at a uh, no benefit to you, a no revenue plus, even if you're potentially even losing money on that very first transaction, but you know that that is the patient persona that is going to stick with you and stay with you. Why? Because the data shows that people don't change practices during a recession. And you know that they're going to have disposable income over over that period of time. You need to aggressively go after them now. So that being said, if I I don't want to hear from practices, because we always hear this, right? Who is the patient that you really, really want? Well, it's Diane and she's, you know, 45 and, you know, she has two kids and she has a lot of disposable income and she has a college degree and she does this and she does that. That's fantastic. That's one patient persona. That's the patient persona that everyone naturally defaults to. I would argue that's not the one that's going to lead you through a recession. There's a whole discussion about what the data shows in terms of people that don't have kids typically fare better in a recession. Unfortunately, don't get mad at me. It's the data, Um, people that are married in a two-income household as opposed to those that are single, et cetera, et cetera. There's some other factors. But again, I wrote a big old long article and and paper on that. So you should read that because it's important.
0: Sam are you able to tell people where they can find that article when when will come out and maybe are you I'm okay with you saying which publication if you're okay guiding it or if it's Yeah, a no, it's website.
1: it's fine, it's a multiple. So I wrote the article, posted it to Incredible Marketing's blog. I want to say about a week ago. Okay. Um so it's very important that you see it there. It will be posted in another journal coming up, which I can't disclose yet. Um, But I will also be presenting a two hour seminar on this specifically um, at ASAPs coming up in the spring in Miami. So it's a two hour CME session on this specifically will be a lot more hands-on a lot more workshop type stuff and um, obviously other talks and stuff I give because I'm very kind of passionate about this specifically right. so I want people to understand and and to hear it but the article is is good it's helpful and it's data based it's not it's not Sam just believing what Sam wants to believe which is still usually right but I mean um, why
0: not you well, know just
2: I, just, just know. ask Sam he'll 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 tell you I think exactly. one of the
0: final one of the things that I wanted to touch on, and then we we will circle back here um, to to step five, which is our final step before looking and taking any questions, is that coming back to knowing your dedicated patients are the ones that are going to to stay with you, but we want to think about how to keep your patients coming back. And I think again, this comes back to systems. If you have a neurotoxin patient, we know approximately that that they're going to need to come back in three months and get them in the habit when they walk out the door. This sounds so simple, but I see page, I see practices again and again that don't do this, where when they walk out the door, don't just ask them if they want to schedule their next appointment. Say, so we know that your provider wants to see you back in three months. We have an appointment at this day and this time available. Can I go ahead and put that on the calendar? As a woman, and this is something that you gentlemen, uh, don't don't deal with, but as a woman with our gynecologists, we book, we're used to booking those six months or one year out. I already know when next year's gynecology appointment and mammogram is gonna be for me. I'm, yes, I'm at that age. That's taking me a moment to accept. But what I will say though is that, I don't, I don't hesitate. I just go ahead. I know that's what the doctor tells me. That's when the doctor sees me, that's when I need to go back. So we just, and we know when we come back to that faux Maslow's hierarchy of needs, our injectables are at the very base, right? So with that, um, I'm going to go through, I'm going to toss out the step number five, Sam, and then you guys can, can keep on wrapping it up here. But when we talk about, it's all about strategy. So everything is about strategy that we've talked about today. And we've given you some, just the start of some strategic tips, whether that are, you know, tips from myself, from Sam, from Jay, but we've given you some of those today. But if you don't ever plan, you know, we don't ever plan to fail, but you probably will. So we talk about, again, and this is, Jay, honestly, what you said at the beginning of this podcast is that if you don't have a plan, that's when you're really left scrambling. Sam said, have a plan and double down on it and ferociously and fiercely stick to it. And Jay Mm -hmm. said, okay, but if you don't have a plan, you're really going to fail. So we want to really think about that. And if you need help, I will say, if you need help creating that plan, because these things, creating a, a plan for the following year is overwhelming at best right? Let's just be honest. Um, We've all done this, right? It's overwhelming at best. Um, It doesn't happen sometimes because you just keep putting it off and putting it off. And next thing you know, it's February and you never created a plan for this year. So if you need help creating that plan, contact Shore Solutions, contact Incredible Marketing. Um, Now, if you need help creating a a marketing plan and executing that, don't contact Shore Solutions, contact Incredible (laughs) Marketing. If we need help going through all of the tactics of the non-marketing processes, protocols, implementing all of those things, that's when you come to Shore Solutions. Don't go to Incredible Marketing on that it's one. And we, actually, I, I just want to
1: put out real quick. I'm sorry, Jay. Just just yeah. to add on to that, is that you know, I am never a huge fan of kind of the promotion side of this. And, and even when I get up and speak and things like that, it's always about the education. And I wanna let people know who are in the audience and people that are seeing this. Um, you know, Incredible is the largest provider of educational materials in the industry mm-hmm. when it comes to marketing. And there is a absolute library of stuff that you can look at. You can go through you can, how-to guides, do it yourself. This isn't one of those things where I sit back and I'm like, I have all the answers. And if you want it, pay me for it, because it shouldn't be like that. That's not what this industry should be about. And it's been about that for far too long. And that being said, there are resources that are out there that will help you take those steps that you need to take in order to get where you want to get. Whether you want to hire and work with someone, whether you want to ask someone for advice and help, or if you want to start learning about this and educating yourself. Now, I'll do it better than you. Mara will do it better than you because we have years and years of experience, but this isn't some secret. This isn't Wizard of Oz. This isn't us in some back room trying Mm -hmm. to do this. It's just, we're able to spend time on it and not have to deal with the patients that are coming in um, through the front door and want to see you and want to talk to you, plus everything else that you have going on in your world. So use that education, read up on those stuff. Uh, learn about what is going on and learn about the things that you need to do, because to your point and to everyone's point with this, when I went through this recession last time, and I'm sure Jay can uh, talk about the same thing, less than 5% of people were ready for it, less than 5% of people capitalized on it. And a lot of people ended up in a really, really bad spot because of planning. And I know that the people that are listening and the people right now that Um, are with us live, I know the odds are probably one, maybe two of you will actually do something about this. And I hope that number changes to three or four at the end of the day.
2: You know, I saw a very interesting um, comment that somebody had written, and it said that planning and working is hard. Being broke is hard pick your heart. All right. Because the old, if you plan to fail, you're failing to plan plan, failing to plan is planning to fail. I, I don't ever believe in failure. Failure to me is like when you give up because maybe you have a lack of success, but the failure, sometimes some of these things that were so beyond your control, As we're working on business plans for Q1 and beyond of 2023, there's four major components to this. Operational, administrative, financial and marketing. No one is more important than the other. Marketing will drive financial, but you have to have your financial to drive your marketing and you have to have people and you have to have processes. And one good point that There were more, but a point that Sam brought up. Just the one. Just the one. Let's talk about that one point I had. Well, no, because one of the things I I always say, it's not about us trying to self-promote. However, I'm not going to say we have all the answers. We have many more than most because of the experience either in the industry or the mistakes that colleagues or clients make. We're firemen, actually, to help them putting out fires. Yeah. But seriously, go on and look at all these blog posts, go on and read our blogs, go on and look at our webinars and our podcasts. You're not buying anything. They're free. They're on our, website read the articles that we write. They're free and really it's good educational content. You don't have to buy anything from us to go on and get it for nothing. All right. It just credentials, the right people and maybe the not so right people go with experience go with proven success you know it has been don't fail to plan
0: so with that jay can you put up the slide that will give people all of our contact information and that's when when I come in at the very end and I know that Sam, I will say, Sam is not the one that wants to get up and say, you know, contact me and, you know, this is for business. I'm only doing this for business. Sam truly, I mean, we talk about this a lot, right? It's, it's an educational style and I love that so much. So I will credential Sam. I will say that Sam is honestly, he's a resource that we go to. And we, even when we have questions, when we need expert advice, when the experts go to the experts, that's how you know who the experts are. So with that,
1: I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, like I said, we've been doing this together for a very long time and you are an incredible source of knowledge. So Jay, well, you know. Um, but anyway, I kid. So with that, if you have any questions, now that we are wrapping up, if you have any questions, please do contact either myself and Jay. We're at info at That email goes to both of us. Um, or you can go ahead and contact Sam peak. Sam again is the CEO and founder of incredible marketing. Sam is available at Sam at incredible marketing.com. So, again, you are welcome to listen to Shore Solutions, the podcast, anywhere you love listening to podcasts. And we hope to see you at an upcoming conference. So, with that, from Jay, Sam, and myself, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Shore Solutions, the podcast and Shore Solutions, the webinar. So, acquiring, converting, and retaining new loyal patients is easier than you think it requires you mastering the sales funnel in your aesthetic practice. How is it that easy? You ask? Well, it's easy because we teach you step-by-step in our conversion cascade online course, a fun and results driven course that you and your team can finish in less than five hours. Yes, less than five hours, because we know y'all are busy. We provide you six training videos that walk you through attracting new patients, converting calls to consults, consults to treatments, and keeping your patients coming back for more. All of this while learning how to talk to your patients about additional treatments and procedures to achieve their dream results and, bonus, boost your revenue and have them singing your praises to others. With our course, you also get tangible tools to help you succeed, such as downloadable marketing checklists phone scripts, conversion tracking spreadsheets, and more, all of which are completely customizable and editable for you and your practice and your team. Get started and sign up for our Conversion Cascade online course today. And as a special thank you for being a podcast listener, we're giving you 10% off. Yes, 10% off. Just enter the discount code PODCAST, yes, the word PODCAST, to start saving. Click the link in our show notes to get started now, increase revenue, and acquire more patients for your practice today.